This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. Um, hello there. Uh, this is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we, we have uh, an episode by myself, hopefully with zero cuts and pretty much nothing that Ethan has to do for uh, for the first time in a while, other than just, like, get me the audio. Ethan, if you're listening to this, please just get, you know, I'll put the audio where the audio goes. Anyway, um... This is going to be weird. I haven't done one of these in so long. Um, and we've got a little bit of a different format. So what the thought is, is I'm going to kind of run you through some of the things we've got going on. Uh, because a couple changes are being made across the platform. Um, and a couple changes are being made to just the way we do things and the way we operate. Um, I need to take this hood off. I'm already hot. Hang on. Um... And then I also kind of want to talk about a bunch of random stuff. Some of these are questions people sent in. Some of these are questions that I made up in my head. Um, but most of them are questions that people sent in. So uh, we'll answer some of those. They're all in weird foothill guy, weird foothill guys. Um, <laughs> they're all in his third place trophy, uh, which is hilarious that he sent this to me. And I'm so, I, I, I don't really know why he sent it to me, but he sent it to me. A um, couple housekeeping items before we actually roll this thing, whatever we're doing here. One, uh, I'd like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Fisher Skis. Fisher has been a sponsor of the show since the very beginning, and I can't tell you enough about how good I think their product is, how much quality goes into every ski. Like, the skis and the boots are just made well. Um, I think it's really hard for a ski brand to actually do that for some reason, but it's one of those products that you buy and you don't really plan on buying for a long time again. So uh, buy yourself something from Fisher. If you're shopping for new skis or new boots next year, even if you're buying at the entry level, the quality is really, really good. Um, and every year, I think their boots get better. I think their skis get better every year too, but the boots get better at almost an alarming rate. Um, the That race product was so good for so long that I think people just forgot that they make a good all-mountain boot, and then they started making a great all-mountain boot, and now I think they're at the point where they have one of the most complete boot lines in skiing. Um, this isn't even an ad at this point. I'm just telling you what I actually think about a lot of the product that they make. So um, it, when people say, oh, like they have race skis, or oh, like they're a race company, like that's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing, actually, because those products are made to perform at the highest level, period, point blank, always. Um, and they translate a lot of what they do across the board. Um, a lot of what they do in race across the board, whether that's in the Ranger series, um, whether that's in a nightstick, even, uh, the mogul ski, and especially in those touring skis, like you can beat the absolute shit out of those trans helps. Like I have, I know I have skied them aggressively for how large I am relatively to most people skiing on a lightweight ski. Um, and I know Andrew Drummond, who also is not a small person compared to someone who's on a lightweight ski, has been just smashing those things, and uh, and they won't break. And I've watched a lot of other, not naming names, lightweight touring skis just smash to bits, um, just to like tiny little pieces, um, which is never what you want. In case you were wondering what that notification was, it's flag day tomorrow. So, you know, call out of work, because... It's flag day. Um, anyway, uh, that's what I, I mean. Fisher's been a great supporter. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, nobody else is really getting an ad spot in this one. Um, we're just going to run that one 
Fisher ad. So hopefully you guys will listen to me talk about shit. Uh, cause I basically just want to talk about a few things that we have going on. One, uh, you may have noticed we've been posting a lot of reviews lately. Um, I'm writing the majority of them. Uh, it's actually probably the thing I enjoy doing the most. And it's the thing I wanted to do more of when I started this podcast This never was really like intentionally a pro pod, like where you have pro athletes and all these people. Like I like talking about gear. I like talking about how I feel about gear. And I feel like that's how we got to the point we're at now is talking genuinely about how gear affects regular people because so much of what everybody else does is the way gear affects super people. Like it's really great that Cody Townsend skis whatever and loves it. Like that's really sick. I'm glad, I'm glad he does. Let me tell you something though. I, I, and you don't ski like Cody Townsend. Like there's just no, I almost called him Cody Toady Townsend, and that would have been Toad. Anyway, um, we just don't. So why are we pretending that every ski that every pro athlete skis is for us, right? And I think that that's what I want to talk about more. Um, that's what a lot of the reviews reflect. Obviously, we're in bike season, so there's a lot of bike stuff going on. There's a lot of hiking. I mean, fuck, I did a shoe review the other day of a shoe that was sent here like I, I think it's great and I'll probably do more shoe reviews because I think shoes are fucking dope uh as you probably know if you follow this <laughs> if you follow this podcast especially hiking shoes especially the more purposeful ones that uh like you're actually it's equipment almost instead of just footwear um so yeah reviews those are all on the out of podcast site uh, go to www.outofpodcast backslash reviews and that'll get you there um, Adam X is writing some of them too. It's mostly me at the moment. As we get into ski season, we will be, uh, kind of bringing a group of people together to get some of those reviews out, uh, both written and video, which will be really, really cool. Uh, I'm hoping to have some special guest features on that. So stay tuned. Um, I'm bad at sending text messages, but if you're hearing this, you know, who you are, um, <laughs> And I think we'll, we'll work something out. Um, I also, we're also doing a lot more on the YouTube, obviously, like this aspect of it, of the show is on YouTube, but uh, expect to see gear reviews coming on you in YouTube form here on this channel. Basically once a week, we didn't want to do one and then have one for one week. We wanted to like keep pumping out some reviews. And obviously I, you know, I've been in a shop for my whole life. Basically, I have a lot of opinions about gear and what it's like and what it does and how I actually feel versus how I say I feel um, and how I'm like forced to feel a lot of times. And those are those are all obviously very different things uh, because gear, unlike so many other things, and I guess like so many other things is so specific like something can be shit for me and it could be the best thing you ever use, right? Like it, that's, that's what makes gear so interesting is that you're taking the opinion of somebody else and applying it to you, but you as an individual is very unique. So you try to match up as many things as you possibly can into one nice little like few sentence. Yeah, this is what you should buy package. Uh, and that's, that's the weirdest thing about gear to me, and that's why I like thinking about it so much. Uh, on this topic, we have a gear guide dropping in the fall. It'll be physical. Um, can't, I'm not going to talk about too much yet because we'll see how many we print, we'll see how many we make, and we'll see how many we sell. 
Um, but it's going to be a gear guide for people that are regular. Like it's going to be a gear guide for people that are really good at skiing. It's going to be a gear guide for people who, uh, maybe haven't skied at all. It's going to be something hopefully that you keep, not just look at and go, Oh, I should go buy a Nordica enforcer because they told me to buy a Nordica enforcer on the internet on this website. And they did a really great internet review of the, the Nordica and I'm going to go buy oh. It's not what it's going to be. Um, we're going to pick some skis like that. We will have, obviously, regular conversation about, like, some of the more popular product that's coming out next year. Um, but realistically, I'm picking stuff that I think fits a certain category really well or that was standout product. None of it will be paid for. None of it will be, like, paid ads. And that goes for the regular site, too. We don't, we're not doing paid reviews. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. A lot of review companies do paid reviews, and I think that that's, like... You want to do it that way? That's cool. Talking about gear should be on you. Like that should be your real opinion because I owe it to people and whoever's doing the review owes it to whoever they're giving their feedback to, right? Like for it to be genuine and real and not affected by money. Doesn't mean we're not going to sell ads. We're just not going to sell gear ads um, for stuff that's in the gear guide at all. So that'll be the gear guide. Uh, last thing, last housekeeping thing. Uh, I think for now, uh, I am switching to Mondays. I am going to Monday every Monday from now on. Uh, Big Stick Energy is moving to Tuesdays. Uh, that will be a bi-monthly, bi-weekly, like twice a month is what I'm trying to say. And I, we're just trying to kind of, again, tomorrow's flag day. In case you were wondering, my computer really wants me to know that tomorrow's flag day. We'll not forget now. Um Renee and Tori are going to just do two episodes a month um, or every other week, every other Tuesday from now on um, until at least the end of the summer. And then we'll see what happens from there, whether we continue that trend, whether we do more. Um, it's kind of an experiment. There's some stuff coming down the line. I'm going to leave it at that for now. But I'm going to Mondays. Tori and Renee are going to Tuesdays. Adam X is still going to be on Wednesdays, and John Croom is going to be on Thursdays. Friday's open. Saturday's open. Sunday's open. So we could have seven. I'm just kidding. We're only going to have the four we have now is, is good. I'm just kidding. We don't need seven seven podcasts for seven days a week. I don't know if there's that many years. Um, apparently. Well, anyway, nonetheless. Um, all right. A couple of things I wanted to talk about because they've been around me uh, and they've been near me for a little while, so I figure I can actually speak about them intelligently to a certain extent. Um, I got a new bike. I think you can see it in the frame. Uh, it is a Revel Rail 29, and I kind of just wanted to talk about why I got it, what I got, what I built on it. Um, so I got the rail because I wanted a bigger bike. I, As some of you saw, I got a Santa Cruz Blur in the spring, and I... As I have mentioned, I'm not light. I'm 225-ish um, and not a small person. I'm also not, like, very light on my bikes. I know that may not sound like a shock, but, like, I am not gentle with product, um, especially bike product. So I was beating the shit out of this blur, and I'm like, okay, I really, really, <laughs> really enjoy this bike. I love it. I love how fast I feel when I'm on it. It's so light. It's got so much energy. I, I really actually do love that bike, and that's a different story for a different day. However, I was finding myself, like, bottoming out at my hometown trails, 
Like just being like just smashing the thing for no reason whatsoever, other than I was like being stubborn and I was like, I don't need more travel. I'm gonna ride this tiny bike and I'm gonna be so much faster and better. Um, so I got this rail. What this rail is is 160 up front, Fox 38, in case anybody gives a shit. Uh, 155 mil travel in the rear CBF suspension that is their um, suspension platform, similar to, it's different, but it's the same idea if you're familiar with what VPP is or FSR or ABP or any any of these suspension systems, VW-Link, um, Switch Infinity, um, that is the same idea with CBF. It's basically just Revel's suspension design, it's Canfield crossover situation so that's that um why did i get this bike i got this bike because i wanted something more aggressive i wanted something more fun i'm not a huge jumper um but i like riding fast and i like riding chunky shit and i'm i'm not horrible at it (laughs) so having a bigger bike this is actually the most travel i've had in a bike since i had a nomad in 2017 i think with the exception of the worst bike i've ever ridden which is a giant rain 29 um it was a Rain Zero. I built it from frame up two years ago. Literally the worst bike I've ever ridden in my life. I've never ridden a worse bike. I feel bad for anyone riding that bike. I'm sorry if you're riding that bike um, and you're shaped like me. Because for me, I either felt so stretched out or so cramped. And I don't know why. I still haven't figured it out because I have friends that ride that bike that love that bike. And I've ridden the 27.5 version of that bike when it existed and it was great, and I really like the Trance. And actually, I even like the SX version of that bike, of that rain. But for some reason, the one that I built was a pile of fucking dog shit. So I was nervous um, getting this rail uh, because I hadn't had a bike with that much that much suspension. But I got to tell you, like a lot of people say this, bikes pedal so much better than they used to. I'm like riding this as my daily bike lately. Um, and I think part of it's because it's new, part of it's because I spec'd it really well, um, part of it's because I just want to get comfortable on it, because it, it first ride, I was like, okay, here's things I needed to change, and right away, I was like, okay, shifter is too far, uh, brake lever is too far, um, what else did I change right off the rip that I was like, oh, okay, uh, I changed my grips, I had like those Vans cult collab grips, and they're great, but not for this, um, And I changed a couple other things, but anyway, besides the point, I really liked the bike on ride two. So whatever I changed, it got better. And I just felt like the bike was a little soft. So I added air to the suspension and then I felt like it was a little harsh. And I took a tiny bit away. And now I actually feel like I am maybe a half dozen to eight rides in. This is one of my favorite big travel bikes of all time. And I'm coming from a Rascal, a Revel Rascal, which is less, like 130, I think it's 137 mil travel with a push in the rear. And this doesn't even feel like that bike. This feels like a totally different, fun, playful, but still climby. Like I can still, the whole, t- I rode like my local trails at Ludlow um, a few weeks ago or not a few, few days ago. And I'm like, standing and pedaling and climbing and really putting down weight and power into the pedals and it's not slipping out it's staying tracked the whole time and then when you go and you ride the more aggressive stuff it feels like there's nothing there i was actually telling a friend that i'm like i feel overconfident like is that a problem and (laughs) 
they were just like, well, I mean, you're supposed to feel confident. And I'm like, no, I feel like I'm going to get hurt. Like, I feel too good on this bike. And I think that that's the nicest thing I can say about this bike is that it actually made me feel like, holy shit, like, I'm, I can do bigger stuff. I can go ride whatever I want, and I'm comfortable. So this is my new bike park bike, and my new, I'm going to go ride some chonk, some New England chonk. Uh, this is the bike I'm taking out from now on. Um, I will still ride the blur. I think the blur is sick. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit real quick, like super light, hundred mil travel, not the TR version, the regular race race version. Um, I've been destroying that poor thing. There hasn't been a ride that I bought. I did not bottom that bike out. And at one point I was running 145 in the fork and I was running 250 in the shock, maybe even more in the shock. And I would still bottom it out once a ride because it's just the air chamber so small and you hit anything bigger. And honestly, like the trails next to my house are like base. It's basically like a true enduro trail. Um, it's called Han Solo solo. And it's like, you go up, you climb it and you climb the outside road basically. And then you take the super long flowy downhill trail. It's like two minutes. I say super long, but it's two minutes. Basically when you're fucking nuking it, it's five minutes. If you want to take your time and enjoy it. Um, it's, it's so fun, but I, that's what I've been writing on. So I, not on mel- super mellow trails, but on, smooth almost like bike parking type trails i've been just fucking beating that poor bike to shit so i was like all right we'll switch it up sometimes i ride from my house i figured that would be a nice thing just to have a bike that kind of do whatever so i got one i got a blur and now i got a rebel rail 29 and i'm psyched i'm super lucky not a lot of people get to have two bikes let alone however many bikes i have now um so as always thank you to everybody that makes that happen thank you to my wallet my poor bank account, my credit cards that are ruined. Um, again, it is flag day tomorrow. In case anybody was seriously wondering, it is in fact. Is there a way to stop snooze for one hour? I can wait an hour and know, not know that tomorrow's flag. Like I'm aware that tomorrow's flag day. We've talked about this. Um, a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Since we have a gear guide coming out, I figured it's probably cool to talk about a couple skis that I think are probably going to make the cut. Uh, we'll talk about one actually that's going to make the cut for sure. One that's not going to make the cut, even though people might be expecting it to make the cut. Uh, and then we'll talk about a boot that, um, Justin Haynow, a friend of mine sent and we'll talk about what I like about it. Cause it is a cool boot, even though it's not a Fisher. Um, the whole gear guide's not going to be Fisher. Hardly any of it is honestly. Um, but what I like, I like from them. So, uh, on the ski side of things, I'm going to just fucking jump around here and people are going to be so mad at me, I think, because it's like, bike, ski, bike, ski. I'll try to put a time thing on the bottom, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, don't hold your breath. Um, Okay. This is the Ranger 96. This is probably the most underrated ski that Fisher is going to push this year. Uh, It has the new shape TI. It is somewhat lightweight. It still has two sheets of metal through the raised metal sections. Um, The reason I think this is such an underrated ski is because I know a lot of people got on the new 102 and were like, oh, this is soft and floppier in the tip and tail. The idea was that it was going to be a fun free riding ski, not that it was going to be two sheets of metal. I like to fucking rail arcs and carve parks or whatever the fuck people say. That's super dumb. Um... The idea with the ski was to make it be able to do everything, and it does do everything. The cool thing about the 96 is you get on it, and you're like, holy shit, this thing feels like 
the slice and dice machine. This feels like the quickest, like it feels quick. It's edge to edge, very responsive. Um, I was just super impressed with the way that this ski felt in pretty much whatever I threw at it. And again, like I am not, I am an aggressive skier that is not that talented. <laughs> like, I mean, let's not be, let's not beat around the bush. However, I sell gear for a living. Uh, I always have, and I probably always will to some extent. Um, and I will go pound for pound with anybody when it comes to like, talking about gear and that is a challenge if somebody else thinks they know gear better than me come at me and i will take your lunch and i will eat it in front of you and your mom and everybody else because it's some things are just like that um anyway i like this ski because it's torsionally torsionally excuse me stiff enough that you can actually you can go fast you can nuke it it's also soft enough that if you wanted this to just be like your fun free ridey ski, like you want to go jump off some shit, like it doesn't punish you. It doesn't beat the shit out of you all day. This is like you don't know what your buddies are going to want to ski. You grab this and you go. Okay. It's a really good choice. Put whatever binding you want it. Shift, Griffin, look pivot, cast system. Who fucking cares? You can ski anything with this binding or with the ski rather. I know skis the best and I know gear the best and I can't even tell a ski from a binding. Um, ski that is not going to make it for me, at least in the gear guide. Um, I don't hate this ski. I actually really like the graphic. It's probably my newest, my new favorite graphic, um, on a popular ski for next year. Uh, this is the new K2 Mindbender 99 Ti. Uh, why don't I include it? Well, because they changed the metal pattern. So the metal goes all the way up to here as opposed to on that fissure. It's like to here. It's much stiffer, even though they say it's supposed to be, like, a little more playful. Um, and the tail feels very, like, hooky and weird, for me at least. Um, and, again, I've only skied this probably six times, so, like, it's enough, I feel like, but maybe not enough to give a full effect. I felt like it was hooky. I felt like it was weird on every version that I'd skied and every time I skied it. So, uh uh, could I be wrong? Yeah, uh, probably. And probably am. Who knows? Like, it's just an opinion. Um, I also just don't like that they changed it, like, aesthetically as much as they did. Um, and also, like, changed the profile. Like, these side, the sidewalls are cut different. The ski as a whole looks more expensive. It looks fancier. I, I get the commitment to the Mindbender line. I just don't, like... This is such a far cry, and you can even see it in the tip profile and the tail profile. It just is such a far cry from what it was. I just, I don't love the way that they kept it all in unison because, like, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan, I think, of that ski right now. And maybe I'll ski it in the fall and I'll change my mind, but right now I don't think that made it. Um me and who knows you might see it in there anyway and i might be lying and all this is bullshit and you just wasted your time so sorry um this is a boot that i think is really cool this is called the peak zero g peak um it's their super light it's technically a super lightweight boot um i'm actually a huge fan of this boot i'm a huge fan of the walk mode on it um because they have this really burly um pretty aggressive walk mode um on this boot that actually allows everything to cinch up really nice. Usually I'm too heavy 
or a super lightweight touring boot and to ski it well, even that Trans Up I was skiing all last year, this is honestly in that wheelhouse. Like Trans Up's a little heavier. Um, I would rather ski a Trans Up, but if you had touring ki- touring skis, touring keys, um, touring keys sounds a lot like Twinkies, but that's um, neither here nor there. I, I actually enjoy the fit of this boot, which I think is a rarity when it comes to these super low profile um, touring boots. Like some of these, like, look at that thing. Look at how narrow that is. Like you look at my head and you look at this boot and you're like, there's no chance that that boot goes on that dude's foot. Um, and I, and you'd be right. Like it, it's a difficult conundrum sometimes, but I think the way that they still have implemented CAS into that boot, the way that you can actually make it fit. Like I've gotten that boot to fit well and I'm psyched on it. Um, the one thing I think is missing is a quality liner. Um, I don't love the stock liner that comes in there, but it's hard to love a stock liner period when I you ski in zip fits normally. Yes, that's a flex. What's up? Um, which are, are probably are definitely too good for me, but they're just going to last forever and they're going to go in every boot that I ever own. So, um, shout out to those guys. Um, so that's key product. We talked a little bit about bikes. Um, now I'm just going to pick out of this job, this thing that Kaufman gave me. I'm going to pick some topics and whatever I pull out, uh, I'm going to talk about for a little bit because like, I'd like to go to bed today. I don't know what time I even started. It's 1045 at night right now. Who knows how long I've been going? I guess we'll find out afterwards. Um, so let me pick out a couple things. Tire width. Okay. You probably can't see that. I know you can't see that. It says tire width. Um, Tire width, why is tire width so important? Tire width makes like such a world of difference. Um, I am a habitual over tire-er when I have a big bike or when I have a small bike rather and I tend to run smaller tires on big bikes than people, I guess I run about average. So on my bigger bike, I run 2.5s across the board. Um, In this particular case, I run a Dissector and an Asagai, which I think is a wonderful combination for a trail bike. So consider that in your next, um, on your next, next venture to your bicycle store. Um, Asagai Dissector for bigger bikes, I think is a perfect combination. Um, on narrow bikes, I end up running like aggressors. Like my blur has aggressors on it in 2.3s or 2.4s. Um, and it just feels like such a better bike. It came with Aspens. And by the way, Aspens are the worst tire that have ever existed. Um, bar none. Like there is not a worse tire than a Maxxis Aspen. So, um, if you want to never have traction, if you want to feel like shit, um, if you want to not actually be any faster because you can't roll over anything, if you want to generally feel like a pile of garbage while you're riding your super light, super fancy bike, buy a pair of Maxxis Aspens. Cool. Um, that's that. That's tires. Um, all right. All-time episode. Um, there's been a lot of all-time episodes um, where I'm like, oh, that was really great. Um, I Obviously, recency bias. Michelle Parker recently. Um, I love talking to Michelle. Um, and I think this one was such a big improvement from the first time we talked that I, uh, I really enjoyed that one. Um, the obvious one that comes to mind is Drew Peterson. Um, because of how real that episode is and how relevant that episode is to so many people um, and how emotional it was for Drew, I'm sure, and me. 
Uh, that was one of my favorite episodes, period. Um, Delilah Cup is one of my favorite guests, especially seeing the growth between Delilah Cup episode one and two uh, was so crazy to me. Um, there's so many good episodes, and I'm really lucky that a lot of them, have, Shane McFalls, I always enjoy Shane's episodes because I actually get to talk to him like like a friend, basically, as opposed to just having a guest on, and I think he doesn't get to talk to people that much at length, um, that it's probably nice for him too. So that is always a good one. That's one of our top downloaded episodes ever is Shane, as well as the Compton episode. Compton episode was like episode 33, and it still has like a a lot of downloads. Um, like at the time, I was like, oh, when I, whenever we would get two, 3,000 downloads, I'd be like, what the fuck? And that one now has like who knows how many. Um now it's like, eh, we're doing a little more than that. But, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Drew Peterson is definitely an all-time episode for me. I love talking to Amy Angerbretson. Um, she's really great. Who else have I talked to that's like really enjoyable? Tim Johnson episode recently was really good. I don't know. There's been a lot of good episodes. I know I'm going to like turn this off and go, Fuck. The one I quote the most is probably the Chris Davenport episode, which is forever ago. Digi, Digi's episode was amazing. Um, that's the first time I really met him. Um, you only meet people like Digi like once in your life. So that was cool. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good episodes. So that's, there's some, there's some good ones. I'd have to say number one, probably for me is Drew's just because of how much it meant to me personally in terms of what I was going through at the time and still going through, but like, you know, every day we work on a little bit, right? Um, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. Uh, oh, God. Best guess. I'm going to skip this one for now because we kind of already did that. Like I said, I think Michelle um, is a great guest. I think Amy Angerbretson's a great guest. Jackie Peso. I forgot about Jackie that one i always love talking to jackie todd laguerre was a great guest so there's so many good ones um fuck all these are episode ones i'm putting that one back okay what is this ski racing um i think that's supposed to mean how do i feel about ski racing um i think ski racing there's a lot of money spent in ski racing uh right and i think that that is really a good thing as long as money is also spent where people actually give a fuck about skiing. I don't, uh, ski racing is such a hard thing to talk about without sounding negative. Ski racing goes through so much equipment, so much wax, so much shit, so much product, so much travel, so much on the road, like, like we all do with skiing, but ski racing is like the epitome of all those things. Like having a ton of gear, using a ton of gear, uh, like being at peak performance. Like uh, there's so much that ski racing does good for the industry. And then there's that side of it where you're like, fuck man, like so much money, so much budget, so much time is invested in ski racing and racing is a beautiful thing. Like the, don't get me wrong. Watching someone race is really cool. To me, um, 
I am not necessarily a huge fan of the way that ski racing is formulated. Like it does not feel like any other, like if you look at downhill racing and mountain biking, think about the way that those two things differ. Think about enduro racing. Think about a lot of those things that you're like, what the fuck? Fuck. That was so sick. GS and slalom is very old school. And I don't, Again, don't get me wrong. I do think that there's a lot of value in having those things, but I also think that there's a lot of value in having XCO races and road races, you know, like tons of value. But I think in order for the culture of skiing to progress and more money to come into it, I think some money has to also be invested, not taken away, but also be invested in the parts of skiing that grow the culture for the masses and not just grow the culture for the people that have enough money to put their kids in ski racing. So that's how I feel about ski racing. Um, next one. Paid socials. Uh, this is something actually that I put in. Um, everything else actually to this point has not been uh, from me, but that one is me. I think paid socials are weird um and that's because i say weird and not fucked because weird because i never want to say the way that somebody makes money is a bad idea i never want to say that any of the people that have paid instagrams or see more stories or xyz is a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing i think they should make as much money as they possibly want i think there's also this thing called only fans and there's also like like the only fans like everybody thinks about it like just porn but like it's or like just whatever the fuck it's not like it's like i'm not saying skiers just go get an only fans like i think that's not that's not what i'm saying in any way shape or form but i'm just saying like there are platforms like patreon is, is the example i was searching for <laughs> mentally but i'm shot because it's late uh patreon exists for that reason right I don't think catering your Instagram towards paid content only or to mostly paid content is what I would do, but I'm not in an athlete's position. I don't know. Um, I can just be like, hey, do you want to buy ads? And you can be like, yes. And then I get to live. And that's how this transaction works usually. So um, thank you to our sponsors. Uh, best dropper post. Uh, this answer is going to surprise some people, but reverb access reverb sucks. The reverb itself is the worst dropper post ever. Uh, reverb access to me though, is the best dropper post that has ever existed. If you can take care of it, I'm a pile of shit and I never service my stuff as much as I should. Um, cobbler's kids have no shoes, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, uh, reverb access. Uh, most common phrases, I actually tweeted about this today, like most common things that people say in the bike shop. So I guess I'll talk about those in the ski shop and then I'll do one more after this and then I'm going to go home probably and go to bed. Um, everybody says that bicycle costs as much as my car. Okay. We get it. Like that's not <laughs> like. I like, yes, the bicycle is expensive. And in fact, you'll be very pressed if you were to find out that many people try to make the bike cost more than their car. Like that is a, that is a priority for some people. 
So I, yeah. And obviously every time someone does that to a $3,000 bike, I go, Oh, this bike over here is $10,000. And then I get annoyed that the conversation is still going about how much something costs, even though I brought it up. So again, neither here nor there, but that's that, that is definitely one of the most common ones. I have never heard to date. I've never heard a woman go, let me call my husband and ask him if I can buy this bike. I never hear something more than let me call my wife and see what she thinks about this bike. That is just an observation. I don't know what it means. Um, I think if you've ever been on a showroom floor, you can agree with me. Um, we should also just talk about how there's not enough women in shops. There needs to be more women in ski shops and bike shops because there's not enough. And every time there is one in there that like really knows their shit, they get pushed out because customers are assholes and they assume that whoever in the shop doesn't know anything about product or whatever. Like I hear it incessantly, like at our shop and I'm like, every time it happens, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like it has nothing to do with what gender you are, how you identify or any of that shit. Like this is a strictly knowledge based equation. Like if you want to ask me what it feels like to be 225, you can ask me what it feels like to be 225, but like, don't act like there's, I, because I'm a guy, have something over a girl or whatever in this situation. Like, I really, I don't understand how that's a thing still. Um, it is completely blasphemous to me, and I, I'm never going to understand it. Um, I don't even, most common phrases. Most common phrases, uh, also, like, when I used to ski, my skis were this tall. Okay. Um, if this is a good one, we'll end on this one. No. Boring. Um, I just pulled out two by accident. That one's blank, so I don't want to talk about skis anymore, really. And now I'm just getting picky. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. No. Too boring. I'm like getting more, I'm getting picky here, right? We did an episode one. We did so many episode ones. Um, that's the one I just pulled out. Jesus Christ, this is this is a shit show at this point. Um most overrated, okay? Most overrated. Um and apparently I pulled out ski media as well. Um most overrated I think has to do with companies can we just stop pretending that vocal is the best no matter what just because they're vocal can we just stop pretending that nordica enforcers are the best ski for everyone and vocal mantras and kendos and what else those kind of fucking things like i get it I understand that those skis are very well liked and rightfully so. I like them too, but like, shut the fuck up about them. Okay. Like there's other skis on a wall. 
It's like the laziest sales technique in the entire world is to go, oh, what do you want? An all-mountain ski that does whatever? Try this one. Like, because people just hear it. In the gear guide, we actually have a section called what your buddy skis and what you probably should try to ski or something cleaner than that, simpler than that. Um, it's really fun. It's really funny that like how often people just come in and they're like an intermediate skier and they buy an enforcer because that's what their buddy skis uh, or they buy a mantra because they heard it's great. And both of the, like, that's true. Both things are true. Your buddy definitely skis an enforcer and a mantra is definitely a good ski, but that doesn't mean it's like when the Brahma and the Bonafide were super hot and everybody was like, we have to have a Bonafide. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'll sell you one if you really want, but it's two sheets of metal. It's super fucking heavy. It's a tank. It's a hundred underfoot, 98 underfoot. And you're not a great skier. You're 150. Like, it's just hilarious to me that that is a thing. Um, most overrated in terms of bike brands, which I'll do as well. Uh, there is no question in my mind. There's zero question in my mind. Trek is the most overrated bicycle company in the entire world. If we're talking bougie brands, Yeti is obviously the most, like that is so blatantly obvious that they are the most overrated company. Um, and back to ski real quick, like DPS is obviously like point blank. If you're talking like least value, DPS gives you the least value of any brand period point blank zero, like zero questions asked. Don't argue with me. I don't give a fuck. You're wrong. If you think that DPS offers you the best value, you're, you're just, you're wrong. Um, and it's okay to be wrong. Like I said, I'm wrong a lot. Not about this, but I'm wrong a lot. Um, on the bike side of things, Yeti is extremely overrated. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that everybody sees that teal bike and they go, whoa, whoa, I need one of those teal bikes and they buy one and that's cool. Uh, I don't think Santa Cruz is overrated yet, but I think they're on that trajectory. Um, I think if you haven't ridden Santa Cruz, maybe you think Santa Cruz is overrated. If you've ridden one for a long time, you kind of understand that like they've gotten better every year and every year they feel like a different product. So, um, the last thing that I pulled is ski media and I'm not feeling particularly aggressive right now. So maybe I'll save that one for another day. Um, when I do one of these episodes, um, there's a lot of ski media out there. I think most of you probably know how I feel about all of the ski media. Maybe. No, you don't, you don't, but it's fine. Um, we'll leave it that way for today. Uh, I don't have anything else really for you. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening as always. Ethan, make me sound less not intelligent than I am. Um, less, in, I think I just did that on my own. Ethan, make me sound smarter. <laughs> Do that for me. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys next week with a wonderful episode with Isabel Hansen. Great episode. Very, like, super intelligent human being. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And actually, we have two kind of fitnessy people in a row. And then the following week, we'll have... I um, don't mean that Isabel's just a fitnessy person. She's one of the better skiers that I've ever had on the show, probably. But especially half-pipe skiers. But uh, Johnny Collinson is on the show the following week. So that'll be good. Uh, we got episodes rolling. And remember, we're back on Monday. So I'll see you on Monday. Thank you very much. Subscribe to the YouTube. If you're listening on the audio. 
because we got good shit coming. And as always, thank you for supporting us. And with that, bye.